All right. Well, let's dive back into uh, getting fit. Church on the Hill, fit. Um, we can put her on there. B.J. Walden, W-A-L-D-E-N. She is awaiting surgery, but is having some other complications that is holding back her surgery. Um, and she is in St. Thomas now as we speak. B.J. Walden, if you guys know Ken, who is here every service serving as an usher, is our head usher, leads our ushers, as well as any other time we're, we're here, he's here. Uh, Ken and B.J. are just a precious family. So let's do cards for her. B.J. Walden. Thank you. I think she's been in and out so much that sometimes we just overlook the, the list or it doesn't get called in. So thank you for that. Okay. Spiritually fit. I'm going to go back to what I've been saying every single week. I believe the key is movement. In order to get fit physically, you've got to move. You've got to get up. You've got to do something. Big, big phrase of my, my testimony is, why don't you do something? Stop fussing and start doing. Go do something. Quit blaming. Quit finding whose fault it is and go do something about it. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. amen. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But you can sit there with the ability to do all things and do nothing. Right? Anybody ever done that before? I have. We must keep God our main focus. And our fitness, our spiritual fitness, one of our goals. I have to be so careful what, what I allow to enter into my eyes, enter into my ears, and enter into my mouth. I have to be so careful what I let out of my mouth. It takes effort. How many of you know it takes effort not to say things? Sometimes it takes more effort than you think you have. It comes out before you can stop it. I want you to know you can stop it. You can. Part of staying fit is staying on top of what we're allowing in and what we're allowing to go out. And it's so easy to get lazy. We started this running group, um, and I don't know, it's probably been a month or so, and we have been so faithful every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday to go every single time. Great group, but it got cold, and we haven't gone. I mean, we just, there's, we just can't do it. Everybody doesn't have a... Uh, membership to Planet Fitness or to the TTU Fit. And there's, it's just too cold. We could go to um, Hooper Eblen and run there or, or walk there for free, but it's just hard. Um, so what do you do when it gets hard? You got to find plan B. You don't just quit. When things get tough spiritually, it's easy to start your one-year Bible. First of the year, and I, help me remember, I need to grab a one-year Bible. I promised somebody one today. Um, First of the year is always a great time to start. But can you make it past two weeks? Typically, typically, if you'll make it to three weeks, you'll keep going. But can you make it past two weeks? Well, it got hard one week. Well, okay, that's all right. We'll pick it back up. 
would you only eat for two weeks and then stop eating? No, you keep eating because you need it. Well, we need the word um, in us regularly the same way that we need food. I was ministering to somebody today, someone that's a part of our kind of our inner team, and had just spoken to them saying that there's three keys, I believe, to uh, really to working on any team. And this is just, my, this is just kind of my, my thing. Number one is getting the word of God in you every day. I've got to have the word of God in me every day. Um, number two is I need to be praying for my leaders. I need to not just be praying for those that I'm leading, but I need to be praying for those that are leading me. I need to be praying for those under me. I need to be praying for those over me. Because how many of you know you're going to be challenged by those over you? You may even disagree. You may struggle. You may just flat not want to do it. You may think they're a complete doofus and you shouldn't follow them anyway. But if you find yourself praying for your boss, praying for those over you, then when you get asked to do something that you might question, your response is going to be a little bit different. You are going to be prepared because you are praying for this person to do well. You're praying for God to move in their life. And as I was telling this guy, he works at a secular job, and I said, look, start praying for your boss. Start praying that he would do great. Because what will happen is if, if he'll pray that he'll do great and if he'll work hard to make that boss great, what will happen is God will exalt him. Get the exalting into God's hands, not into man's hands. Put the exalting into God's hands. If you'll humble yourself, you'll be exalted. If you exalt yourself, too many times we sit here and yak about our bosses, about our authorities, thinking we're getting a, a leg up, but Scripture says you're not, you're getting a leg down. So I, I really feel like three areas, first one is getting the word, second one is pray, and third is being filled with the Holy Spirit and staying filled with the Holy Spirit. With those three things, I can usually overcome anything that faces me. If I remove one of them, I'm going to struggle. If I'm not praying for my authority, even though I've got the word and the spirit in me, a lot of times I'm not building that relationship and that support for my authority. I am I'm, I'm called to support and make better my authority. You know, have you ever heard, um, uh, I can't remember how it goes. That if the tide rises, it raise, rises all, all boats? Yeah, something like that. If my boss, if my boss does well, I'm going to do well. If the company does well, I'm going to rise with that tide. So those three things. So anyway, that was just a freebie. Spiritual fitness. That's kind of how I start my day. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. I'm going to pray for my authorities and for my team, and I'm going to get the word in me. I don't always remember to do it. Sometimes I forget, and sometimes I struggle. This is a spiritual battle. But when we move according to God's word, he will defeat those negative words being spoken over you. He will defeat those demonic powers that are coming against you, those enemies that are in our way, and make a safe, clear path of escape. It is time to move into the deliverance that the Lord has provided for us. It's time to move. 
we no longer need to stand on the side of the, of the beach while the waters are parted and still be fussing about the enemies that are coming after us. We need to take the path the Lord has given us. Amen? All right. I don't really believe you, but okay. <laughs> Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. The Word of God is telling us we need to run. And it doesn't just say, just go out and just run hog wild any direction you want to go. The Lord tells us what direction to run and how to run. Let's read it again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Man, as I read this again, it just... It's just jumping off the page for me. I don't know about you, but there is a lot that the Lord is trying to say tonight, if you'll listen. We are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses. Now, I see this in at least two different areas. Number one is those that have gone before us. Those that have even passed away. The Abrahams, the Isaacs, the Jacobs, that we can go and find scripture to apply exactly to what you're going through. Sometimes it's not so clear as, should I take this job or should I take that job or should I, should I, whatever, whatever you're facing specifically, but there is in general a scripture that is going to give you wisdom. I can almost always find it, whether I'm searching in the word for it or whether I'm talking to another believer that knows the word, we can find some way to get to the word of God to find a good general answer in which way to go. I don't believe I can have a question on this earth that the word of God would not direct me in. You may say, Pastor, I don't know the word that well. Well, number one, you need to get to know it. Number two, get around people that do. I love being around smarter people than me, usually. <laughs> I love being around more talented people than me. I love being around people that stretch me and make me better, whether they're helping me or whether they're growing me or whether they're just telling me, hey, you're about to fall off the edge of the stage. No, I'm not. I'm good. I've been preaching for 10 years. I know you have, but you're about to fall off the stage. And I don't want you to fall off. We get so numb to our strength or to the way we think it should be that we don't even listen to wisdom. There are numerous testimonies throughout the Bible that speak directly to the challenges we face. Learn from their prayers. Something that I love is to read David and find out what is he being challenged with and how does he pray his way out of it? Because he does. And his prayers are pretty graphic and pretty rough. I kind of like that. He's not messing around. Lord, go ahead and kill my enemies. Wipe them out. And you know what? Our enemy now is not flesh and blood. So Lord, go ahead and kill them. 
I'm not trying to kill anybody here on this earth. I'm trying to kill demonic powers. God, go ahead. Go ahead and just kill them. We, work, we learn from their prayers. We learn from their walk. We learn from their faith. What are, are you needing answers? Get in the word. There is a crowd of witnesses hanging around you ready to help you. But secondly, as, even though there are some from the past, I believe there are crowds of witnesses surrounding us now. I've got people around me now who have been through things that help me. Um, and going back to running, having someone that will encourage you in the middle of the run means everything. It causes me to get my mind off of the way I feel and back onto the goal, onto my goal. That is such a huge thing if someone can help you out of your doldrums and get your focus back on the end product and that you can make it and that they're not going to leave you. They're going to hang in there with you. Um, it was a funny thing when I ran that half marathon. Um, my wife, the trooper she is, she's not a morning person, but drug a couple kids out at the five mile mark and met me out there on the road just to cheer me on. I'm telling you, I'm not a crier. You may say, man, I see you cry all the time in worship. I'm really not a crier. But I bout, it bout made me stop my race because I'm like, there she is. I've worked so hard for this. And there she is. She's my little cheerleader. Just as soon as I could tell, she could tell it was me. She started jumping up and down and screaming. I mean, it was from, I felt like miles off, but there she is screaming. And I'm like, man, yeah, I can do this. This is good. I'm about to cry anyway, but it's still so good. There's my little cheerleader. I'm not going to look tired, even though I feel tired. I'm going to look good for this one little moment. <laughs> so I, I, I leave her at the five-mile mark. Now, get in mind, you may think, man, that's awesome, five miles. I had eight to go. You think you've arrived, and it's like, oh, no, we're barely getting started. And we're sitting there at the corner of broad and kneel and headed toward white plains i mean it's about to get rough and uh so now i'm off on my own well sure enough back on 10th street there she is again just screaming and hollering and sarah bet gets in there with me and runs the last two miles that's biblical run a mile with somebody what are you going through who are you around that's going through something run a mile with them Go with them. Walk with them. Encourage them. And then sure enough, I get about another, I don't know, three or 400 yards down the road, and my mom shows up again. My mom showed up with, at one point, and then she showed up again, and there she is again, just yelling and screaming. And I bet I get another 500 yards down the road, and there she is again. And then I get at the end, and there she is again. My mom just kept popping up everywhere. And uh, I'm telling you, I needed it. It, I wanted it, you know how parents get on your nerves sometimes. I wanted it to get on my nerves. And then I thought, no, I really need the encouragement. This is actually one time I'm not going to act like a son and I'm going to receive the encouragement. And the funniest thing is at the very end, as I could see the finish line, some lunatic at the finish line screamed and I couldn't even see him. Paul Ramsey! And I'm like, 
who is that? Some odd woman yelling at me. And it was one of the cross-country coaches that spotted me and screamed from forever off. And I'm telling you what it was like. I got it. There she is. She's just yelling for me. She knows she's been out here training as a group with me this whole time. She knows what's, what, this, what was at stake here. And it just, it just made my day. What are you going through? Let me ask you this. Who are you around that's going through something? You are a crowd of witnesses to help them overcome what they're going through. You are part of that witness. You are a witness to Christ. Right? Who here has been saved by Christ? You are a witness of salvation. You have a testimony and someone else is going through something that you need to just run that last mile with them. There was one other thing with, with my run that I've not even shared, I don't think, with Elizabeth. I need to share it with Sarah Bett. But Sarah Bett and her cross-country, every time she runs at a, at a, at a good pace, uh, she's a fifth grader, but at the very end, she runs hard, faster than I can run at the end. She just kicks it into gear and just zooms across the finish line. Well, this two miles that she ran with me, she wanted to kick it into gear right there at the end, but she didn't. She stayed with me. And she wanted to run because there were people cheering like crazy. In fact, she'd only ran two miles, but every person she ran by, they thought she'd ran the whole 13 miles. <laughs> and they're going, oh man, you're my inspiration. And Sarah Beth's just, <laughs> I'm telling you, it was every person we walked by like, oh my gosh. You know, they didn't even let 13-year-olds or under run, but there's Sarah Beth, and it looks like she ran the whole thing. And here's all these people screaming and yelling. And she could feel it. She felt, she had that bug. She wanted to run across that finish line. But, but then afterwards she said, Dad, I wanted to run. But I stayed with you. Just broke my heart. Just, you know, it's, it's, you have no idea what impact you have on somebody. Their ability to overcome, God has placed you in their path for a reason to help them overcome. Not to be a, not to be a negative nag, but to be a cloud of witnesses for them to overcome what they're facing. Man, do you hear me? We need encouragement. Since we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses... Since you've got all these people around you ready to cheer you on, let us strip off every weight, strip off every weight that slows us down. There's so much here with this one, to strip off every weight. Um, again, I'm going to continue to refer back to running. I, I took off running. I think I even told y'all when I first started, I wore the dumbest shorts and the worst shirt and Looked like an idiot, felt like an idiot, just, it was just bad. I just, you know, you go take your 80s stuff that just doesn't look good, probably didn't really look that great then, but that's what I was wearing. And I'm running, and they're getting all soaked with sweat and weigh 50 pounds, and they're not, air's not going through them like it should, and shirt's a terrible shirt. Well, I put on some headphones, 
And that was a mistake because one ear's dangling off, the other one I'm trying to hang on to. And I put on music that is my type of playlist, but I start running and I'm like, this is depressing. (laughs) And the beat is all messed up. Like, this doesn't work. And all of a sudden, there's all these hindrances happening with me. I'm running at 12 o'clock and it's 99 degrees and 80% humidity. And someone said, why are you running then? Run in the evening, run in the morning. Like, I don't know any better. I'm just running. Just stupid. But I'm running. And something, I'm not a, my dad sweats like crazy. I I praise God I did not get that gene from him. But when I run, I sweat up on, my, up on my hairline real bad, and sweat gets in my eyes, and it just burns like crazy. And I had to, had to figure that out. Well, you know, in the natural, as you get to running with the Lord, you've got to figure out what's hindering you. And not all hindrances are sin. Not all hindrances are sin. Some hindrances are your schedule or your personality. Let me tell you, our personalities can be a hindrance. Sometimes it's your friends. How many here has ever had a friend that was a hindrance? Let me ask you this. How many here have been a friend that was a hindrance? What are your hindrances? Strip them off. Get them off. Get them changed. I quickly got a different pair of shorts. I found a different shirt. To be honest with you, half the time in the middle of the summer, I ran without a shirt on. It wasn't a great sight to see, but I really didn't care. It's not my, that's, that wasn't the goal, to impress everyone driving down the road. I can't do that. My running, my running speed doesn't impress anyone. Uh, it's funny. It really is. I really don't care. I'm not doing it for y'all. I'm doing it for me. Uh, my walk, walk with Christ, you know, becomes a byproduct for you guys, but my walk with Christ is for me. It's my call. It's my relationship to the Lord. I'm not doing it for anyone else. I've tried to do it for other people, and it doesn't work. Strip off every weight that slows us down. Let's talk about, again, back to running I do not eat five pieces of pizza 30 minutes before I go for a run. I don't drink a humongous Coke right before I go for a run. Now, I still eat that stuff and I drink that stuff. I just don't do it before I run because it will come back up. There are hindrances that will stop you. We get going on in our walk with Christ and we allow things to come by through our eyes from our phone, from our computers, from billboards for that matter, from magazines. There are a billion ways to let the wrong thing in. And that's all it takes to get you off track. It doesn't take much. It's really a shame for us Christ followers to so easily get knocked off track and not get back on. Am I preaching to the choir now? It's easy to get off. Now take it one more step. It then says, especially sin. 
especially sin. In fact, I would encourage you start with the sin and then start working with the natural stuff. Start working with the personality and the schedule. Get, get the sin out and then start working on the other things. What's holding you back? Sin doesn't just slow us down. I want you to notice the difference between sin. If you, if you look here, it says that we strip off every weight that slows us down. Especially the sin that trips us up. Not only does it slow you down, but it trips you. You know, there's a big difference. Because what happens when you trip? Do you, anybody remember the last time you trip? It is an absolute feeling of losing control. You are out of control. And you are at the mercy of whatever's five feet away from you. Your ability to, to handle yourself is over. You can't. When you're tripped, your progress is stopped. You're no longer moving forward. You stop. You fall. You fall out of control. And many times, you get injured. What happens when you get injured? You can't run. You have to heal. Um, I have had a lot of minor injuries just since I've been running. But you know what? That's a sign of someone who's running. Sarah Beth said just yet today, I think, she, she goes, ever since you've been running, you've been getting hurt a lot. And you know what? I believe that is spiritual. I believe that when we get to moving in Christ, we are going to face challenges that's going to really push us. And sometimes we're going to get bumps and bruises. How many, of you, how many of you in your walk with Christ have you had spiritual bumps and bruises? Especially the times you were on fire the most. I've got an injury right now in my, in my leg. It's just driving me crazy that I haven't been able to run. So what have I been doing? I've been riding a bike. I, I can't stop. If I stop, I lose my progress. So I got to figure out some other way to keep going. When I got down over the last couple of years, I really kind of stopped my staying spiritually fit. And boy, I got fat quickly. I got out of shape quickly. I got unable to face the challenges I was needing to face. Because I was getting myself out of shape. This is saying, take those weights off. Get that sin out. And unfortunately, I was the one that had to do that. I wanted to blame everybody. Wanted to blame my life. Wanted to blame my education. Wanted to blame my... Everything, I wanted to blame God for how he made me. God, you messed me up. Why'd you make me like this? Finally, he said, if you'll just stop fussing and start moving, I'll get to moving again in your life. Stop fussing. Start, start putting my word to work and I will move in your life like you will never believe. Let me encourage you just for a minute and I'll close. It says, strip it off. 
Where does it say that? Strip off. Strip it off. Strip it off. What does that mean? Does that, tell, does that mean anything to anybody? That means you have the power to do that. What is the thing that's holding you back? You have been given the authority and the power to strip that hindrance off. Pastor, you don't understand the addiction that I'm under. You don't understand the weight that I'm under. You don't understand the depression that I'm under. You don't understand what I'm going through. This word tells me that if you have Christ and if you are following him and you are moving according to his word, you have the ability to get that stuff off. But you have to strip it off. How many of you have had to make changes in your life because what you were doing wasn't healthy? Who made that change? Let's take just a minute and remember what you've been able to overcome. I have found that trying to help someone make a complete life change is almost impossible. It's almost impossible to, to, for somebody, it's like when someone marries someone else hoping they're going to change them, they won't. What you're marrying is what you're getting, and you'd better be happy with that. Anything that improves from that is gravy. But someone really making a life change, it's a really big deal. But I want you to know, the Lord gives you the ability to make that life change. He went to the cross to give you the power to make that life change. Uh, we've heard two testimonies in the last two weeks with Kim Saro and with um, Nancy Dalton of two huge life changes. The only way you do that is with Christ. And that's just two. They're throughout the church. Just as great, just as awesome, just as unbelievable. With Christ, you can do all things. But this word, strip off every weight, the Lord does not give us a command that we cannot accomplish. That little guy right there is a miracle of God. That little Joseph, he is a miracle. Strip off every weight. And that little man had, weight, had, a, had a weight that needed to be stripped off. And uh, by the grace of God, wound up with the family that he's with. By the grace of God. Now, that's what God wants to do with us, is take us from an impossible situation and give us a more than blessed, perfect situation. What are you facing? Little baby Joseph is the testimony. That's what he wants to do with you. Get you out of what, get you out of what, where you don't need to be. And get you where you need to be. Strip off every weight. Strip it off. You can. Right now in your mind, would you think of the sin, the hindrance, that's hindering you from running a godly race? Will you just take a minute? What is it? I want to encourage you right now just to speak to it and cast that thing out.
cast it out. It says that if you'll speak to the mountain that stands in your way to be removed and cast in the sea, that if you'll believe the things that you ask, that it will be removed. What are you facing? What are you battling? Right now, don't go home with it. What is that, American Express? Don't leave home without it? I would encourage you just the opposite. Leave home without it. Leave that there. Maybe credit cards. Maybe that's for somebody. I, I'm, I'm not kidding. Uh, financial stress and pain and weight is one of the keys to marriages failing. Um, don't leave home with that hindrance around your neck. I want to encourage you. If y'all will just bow your heads just for a second. I encourage you to speak it out. Lord, I give you this thing. I give you this thing. A computer or phone or relationship. Maybe it's a hindering relationship. You know it's unhealthy. Speak to it. Take authority over it. And don't go back to it. Leave it at the cross. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Man, don't, don't live your life on the couch. Live your life walking according to God's word. He wants to rescue you just like he's rescued little baby Joseph. Thank you, Lord. There's two other kids in that family that the Lord has rescued. He is that good. He takes care of one, but he's also taking care of two others. He's thinking of those three, and he's thinking of you. He knows what you're going through. Would you just let him, would you just follow him? Follow him, church. Follow the Lord right out of your mess. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just ask that you would just identify these hindrances and that, Lord, as you identify them, that we would, that we would uh, put the word to them, that we would put our faith to those and walk away from them. And, Lord, I just, I just command that you just stomp those down into the ground, not to return. The God of peace has placed Satan under our feet. It's time to place those hindrances under your feet. Thank you, Lord. Just pray for breakthrough. Breakthrough, Lord. Lord, I just pray over, over our church, over um, this Thanksgiving meal that's coming Sunday. I just pray for good weather. It looks like rain, but Lord, I just am asking for the perfect night. You gave us a perfect night at Harvest Festival. We just ask for another one. I just pray for the food and for the fellowship and just that your spirit would be here. Lord, I pray that you would fill the tent up that we uh, prepare. That, Lord, we prepare and you fill. Just thank you, Lord. All those that are working and helping us, Lord, I just ask you to bless them. But, Lord, I just pray that the lost would, would find their way into this church this week. The lost marriages, the lost, the lost souls, just the lost men and women and kids, and that, Lord, that we would have something to offer them, a full table of food, a full table of your spirit, of your power. Sunday, Lord, we just pray that you would just 
set the table and that, Lord, we would partake, not just sit here and stare at it, but partake of that table. You prepare a a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Thank you, Lord. Bless us, Lord. Give us a great rest of the week. In Jesus' name, amen.